Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm grateful to be here with you today to sit in this space and be. Be with the grief and in the healing, to create space for peace and to share hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Let's get started. Hi, my friends. Welcome to episode 172, Rebirth and Transformation. As If you've been following me for a while, if you've been around, around for a while, you may know that my kids, all six of my kids, were born within 60 days of each other. In other words, they were born not in the same year. <laughs> that would be impossible unless I adopted all of them. But Um, All six of my children were born between September 20th and November 20th, which is probably, what is that, 61 days, 62 days, something like that. Anyway, they were all born. So we looked at this as like birthday season. Well, Carrie, my daughter who died when she was 10, and David, my son who died when he was 8, were born in September. Both of them were born in September. Carrie's birthday was September 20th, and David's birthday was September 29th, or I should say is. It still is his birthday on September 29th. My oldest daughter, her birthday is in between in September, so she's during that week of the 20th. And then I have a son born in October, and then Uh, another daughter, another son born in November. So the beginning of birthday season starts with Carrie's birthday. And this year, I, I shared, I don't know if I shared it on the podcast, you guys, I don't know. But I know that I shared in Facebook and I shared in on my email, um, just some of my thoughts about their their birthdays when they were coming up and you know how I wanted to interact with their birthdays and what I some expectations I had some of which went really well and some didn't go as well sometimes we and I did this sometimes we put expectations on something that involves other people and that is not usually a recipe for success because other people may not decide to go along with the plan. But overall, it was it was a good week in September. This was just uh, you know a week or so ago, and it was it was good. You know, the birthday is not. Some people look at it and think, oh, the birthday is hard. But for me, it's not really hard. Although I I have found myself more recently. And I don't do this very often, but I have found myself recently reflecting on what would it be like if they were here at age 26 and 24, you know, versus ages 8 and 10 and 3 and 5, you know, when they were physically here. I don't do a lot of reflecting on that. I I don't find it useful for me. I mean, it's okay if if that's what you is if that's what you do. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but for me it just feels like especially if I long for that, it's not going to happen. It it's not a possibility. And I don't I know a lot of people feel like 
oh, their loved one missed out because they, you know, they weren't here at that age or they missed out. I could look at my kid's life and go, you know, they died before they were able to, you know, go to the senior prom or get married, have kids, go to college, develop a career. My thought process on that is a little bit different in that I don't feel like I feel like people, and, and, and it's totally okay if you don't agree with me, just know that. But I feel like we don't die before our time. That's my personal belief, is that we don't die before our time. And that that we lived the life that we were meant to live. And so I truly believe my kids lived the life they were meant to live, and that they were not meant to be here until they were 30, 40, 50, 80. And, and so I don't tend to dwell on that. So for what that's worth, that's, that's my thought process on it. But today I want to talk about rebirth, transformation. Um, loss and grief shoots you headlong into disruption. Your life feels shattered in pieces and unrecognizable. But it's not just your life that feels unrecognizable. It's you. You feel different. You may feel unrecognizable to you. Loss by death or divorce or a host of other causes forces you to interact with life differently. It just does. It causes you to question what you believed and how you previously saw things and even who you are. It sets into motion a period of rebirth because it's not possible. As much as you wish it was, it is not possible to go back to the way things were. And by extension, it's not possible to go back to the way you were. So as you move through grief of loss, you move into a void. So there's this tremendous pain that that we're called to move through. And then we move into this void where the pain is not as great. And and this takes intention. This is not, we don't, we release pain through understanding pain, the purpose of pain, the, the call, the call of pain to take care of ourselves, to find the things that work. And as we move through the pain and the pain lessens, we go into this place of void. Like it's it's a place of questioning. It's a it's an invitation to view the world differently. And without conscious intention, you may begin to view the world from the lens of pain and darkness. And of course, that's understandable. And yet, it's not a place you want to stay. So we're going to explore the hopeful patterns and principles of rebirth and transformation following loss, the pain of loss, and the void. Nature shows us patterns of death and rebirth. Obviously, there's the the obvious patterns of death, you know, when an animal dies or a plant dies or even a person dies, And we don't, in that process, we don't get to see the rebirth. But if you listen to 
my interview with Vinnie Tolman oh, three or four weeks ago. And his experience on the other side in a near-death experience, we open our mind to the possibility that a rebirth is happening even though we're not seeing it. But we also see patterns of rebirth in things like the cycles of the moon, going from a new moon where the moon is all but hidden to a full moon where the moon is in pure light, it's fully seen, and then the waning of the moon back into a period of darkness and quiet. We see this in the day, in the rising and the setting of the sun. At night it's dark. The day is done. And when the sun rises the next morning, we see new life. Light is life. It truly is. The sun, nature doesn't exist without the power of the sun. So we see the day, and and we see the day with the rising of the sun, and we see the setting of the day with the setting of the sun. Even our sleep is a pattern of death and rebirth. We sleep, so we go into that unconscious state, that state where we're not actively participating where we don't have specific memories other than possibly dreams that come through in our unconscious state, and then the rising of our morning. We see it in the seasons from summer, you know, that full light, the warmth of summer, to fall to winter, and the almost death of nature, you know, the trees lose their leaves, that everything goes into a dormant state, or, or a lot of things go into a dormant state. And then we move into spring, and then spring brings new life and expands into full summer, full light. Even forest fires are a pattern of death and rebirth. Without a forest fire, and I don't really understand how this works, but my understanding is that forest fires actually create a rebalancing and a rebirth. Um, the storm, you know, my I've, I'm from Florida and I have family all over the state of Florida. And I have all my family that was in Florida was affected by the, the recent hurricane last month to a great extent or a, you know, they just got extra rain. So it, everybody was affected a little differently, but we see the same thing just kind of in a storm where everything is, unfortunately, in some areas where, where buildings were destroyed and they're in there having to rebuild. They're creating new life in those communities. I think a prime example of the pattern of death and rebirth is the caterpillar. The caterpillar who is alive and well and crawling around and then builds a cocoon and goes into dormancy and goes into darkness and emerges the beautiful butterfly. That is a symbol of birth and a pattern of death and rebirth that is really unparalleled. It's it's a beautiful symbol of death and rebirth. And when we experience loss, 
It's as if we go into a dormant state. We go into a state of contraction. We go into the dark space of rebuilding. We are like the caterpillar that has gone into the cocoon to restructure ourselves. And the restructuring invites us to let go of past pains, past patterns, past experiences that are no longer serving us. We rethink our life. We rethink our priorities. And we have an opportunity with effort and intention to really expand our life experience through the experience of loss and grief. We have the opportunity to align with greater truth. And greater truth brings peace, understanding, and an ongoing and a tremendous hope. Now, there's there's laws associated with life. And we don't always see the law. We don't always understand the law. We interact with the laws. We are subject to the laws, but we may not even understand them. I love the example of gravity. I have used this example for many, many years as I've taught, um, especially when sometimes when I teach young people and they don't understand the, the laws of a moral life, you know, living life with honesty and integrity and, and goodness. And, but we are subject to these laws, even though we can't see them, even though there's not a policeman running around saying, hey, you've got to stop at that stop sign. You know, there's not a policeman running around saying, hey, you've got to live in integrity. Although when we get too far out of integrity, the police will get involved. That is the case. But physical laws a lot of times can give us clues to emotional laws, spiritual laws, and and how we can interact with them. So if we think about the law of gravity, if I am someone who has never been educated, who lives, you know, barefoot in a hut in the forest somewhere, I don't know anything about science, I've never even heard the word science, am I or am I not still subject to the law of gravity? Now that's an easy answer, isn't it? And I don't know, I haven't seen this movie in so long, I don't even know if it really applies. But there was this movie years ago called The Gods Must Be Crazy about the Coke bottle that fell out of the sky. Anyway, it's about this native tribe that finds this Coke bottle and they don't know what it is, you know. But it's it's this idea that it doesn't matter whether we're educated or ignorant to a law, we are still subject to it. And if we look at the law of gravity as an example, even the people before Sir Isaac Newton, who was the one that said, hey, we are subject to a law of gravity, even before that, they were subject to the law of gravity, even though they didn't understand it. And it's the engineers, it's the scientists, it's the people that learn about the law of gravity who go into it in depth that they're actually able to use the law to create 
So an airplane flies because there are scientists who understand the principles of flight, who are to who understand gravity at the level that they can actually create with the law of gravity, not in spite of the law, but because of the law, using the principles to help them to create flight. We are all subject to laws. We are all subject to even laws that we don't fully understand. There are emotional, intellectual, physical, and spiritual laws. And even the ones that are hidden from us, we are subject to. So I love to learn about principles that help me to not only live within the law, because it makes it so much easier. If we know gravity exists, then we know how to be safe. That's why toddlers struggle. They don't know about the law of gravity. They don't understand. And so they are in danger of breaking that law and hurting themselves if they don't have somebody else says, hey, it's not a good idea to jump off of, you know, a five foot platform. (laughs) So it's understanding these laws, understanding these principles, recognizing that that loss and grief is going to put you in a place of disruption, is going to put you in a place of discomfort. It's going to invite you forward to rethink life and the things that you know about it and to rebuild in a way that can be even more expansive. I just want to share with you a few words from the Build a Life After Loss personal workbook that I use with my clients and that I teach those that go through the grief coaching, the Build a Life After Loss, the workbook, a personal plan for healing after loss. So this is what I said about expansion. Bad things happen. They happen all the time. There are many loss events that you may experience. People we love get hurt or ill or die. Boyfriends and girlfriends leave. Marriages end. People are sometimes mean and cruel. We lose a job. We lose a home. We move. There are dozens of events in life that cause feelings of grief. As human beings on the planet, we are built for this. How do we know this? Because bad things have been happening since the world began. What this tells us is that even though loss and grief are painful, you can learn to cope and then move through the pain of grief. When you experience grief, it takes you to a new level of pain that you haven't experienced before. It stretches you and expands your soul. The expansion of your soul is painful, but it can lead to greater joys and meaning in the future. We tend to think that when bad things happen, that we need things to go back to our old normal so that we can start living again. Okay, I'm going to just speak to this for just a second. This is the way that I thought for so, so long, is that when something bad happened, I thought somehow I need to reclaim where I was. Somehow I need to go back to the place that I was. That's the way I used to think. But now, in my old age, if you will, (laughs) I realize that these things that 
disrupt, that interrupt our life, that cause us discomfort and pain are actually inviting us to expand our worldview, to understand things at a greater level. A baby doesn't stay in a place of that same knowledge their whole life. As they learn and grow and they interact with the world, they learn at higher and higher and higher levels. For some reason, we think in our modern age that once we've left school at 18 or 21 or 26, that that's the end of our growth, but it's not the case. We are going to continue to have cycles of disruption and void and rebuilding. That is life. In fact, you may be able to look at your life and see this pattern in every decade of your life. So, as I said, we tend to think that when bad things happen, that we need things to go back to our old normal so that we can start living again. Then one day we wake up to the idea that living through grief and learning to cope, understand, discover, resolve, and rebuild is living. It's learning. Without exception, these are the times when we have lived the most, when we have had to dig deep, find our resolve, and pick up our courage and travel forward. Life never goes back to your previous normal after a painful loss, but life can be different and good. You can work through your grief and rebuild your life. On the other side of the pain, like emerging from a dark room, the sun is brighter, the joy is deeper and the triumphs are greater. No matter where you find yourself on life's timeline of loss and gain, know that you are living life right now. Thanks for being here today. For more on grief, hope, and healing, visit buildalifeafterloss.com. And remember, I love you. I believe in you. Have a good week.